This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Everybody is a Poem with me, Jan Brereton. I'm a mom, I'm a fashion stylist, I'm a perpetual sweary person and I'm also an accidental poet. Each episode through my poems, conversations and the magic of podcasting, I will explore all things real life with my guests. I bet you didn't think poetry was for you, did you? Well, me neither, but I've learned that everybody is a poem. Welcome to episode one. My name is Jan Brereton and at the end of 2021, I wrote a poem. What day is it? Who gives a fuck? I'd never written a poem before and that poem went viral. It was shared all over the world through Twitter and WhatsApp, Facebook and Instagram. And once I started writing, I couldn't stop. I wrote about clubbing, parenting, wearing leggings, being a woman, feeling shit, feeling okay, drinking wine, supermarket discos and eating biscuits. I call a catchphrase poetry. I say what I see. Do you remember in school when you were reading poems and your teacher would explain what each line meant and then you'd write in pencil in between? It was like a little translation of it. Well, that's not my poems. In this podcast, you'll hear poems that are easy to understand and they're relatable. They're open and they're honest because I'm a serial oversharer and now I just do it through the medium of poetry. And my guest this week is Maya Dunphy. She's a writer and a broadcaster and you may know her from her very own podcast, The Excellent Read the Room, which I love. And she hosts that with Paddy Courtney. And she's been writing and producing for over a decade now. And I'm meeting her for real life. Just for about first, getting first away with The first time in real life. Everybody's Brilliant. a poem. I feel like an ill-conceived nursery rhyme today. <laughs> I'm going to warn you now, I might end up crying during this podcast. Okay. Because I know where it's going to go. I cry as and well. Do so you? Are you a crier? Okay. Yeah. I'm an overshare. I mean, there's a poem in there. I love that poem. Yeah. Oversharing. Yeah. But now I say I just do I it through the medium of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you yeah. know what though, Jan? I've well. stopped apologising. I've tried to stop apologising for myself because sometimes you see someone, I start babbling and I realize I've told them too much and I see their face glaze and I go, oh my God, they want to be everywhere, anywhere else. And now I've stopped beating myself up for doing that. Because... No, I mean, and that's why that poem is there as well. It's like, do you know what? I mightn't be your cup of tea, but this is what I am. So, you know, yeah. And I'd be very much the same. I used to always feel a bit ashamed about oversharing. I overshared. You don't know me that well. You might not get my jokes yet or the stories I tell. My constant proclaiming could be leaving you tired. Don't worry. I know I'm a taste that's acquired. It's gorgeous. Oh, I love it. Thanks. Yeah, that was just... one of my favourite ones. Really? Yeah. And the funny thing is, I'm um, like, I think people would say like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And then sometimes I'm not happy that I do that. And I've told people too much too soon. But mm. then on the other hand, I'm actually incredibly private about other things. But sometimes there's, there's, there's just certain things that I feel that I want to tell people. I mean, I've even since my mum died, people have said, God, you've shared an awful lot online. I think, God, have I shared too much? Have I? But I think... I think you know. I think yeah. you decide, Maya. I think, yeah. you know. And it's like, you'll know when I've shared too much because <laughs> I'll be reported. <laughs> <laughs> that won't end well. But I think sometimes you do things in, like you wrote this book when you were fed up in lockdown. And... 
I lost my mum and I was so bereft that I just wanted people to know more about her. I wanted people to see how lovely her face was and I wanted to, you know, and I didn't, I didn't take my time writing things. I just put a picture up and I wrote whatever I felt at the time about that picture, you know. But the funny thing is I think those universal feelings that, you know, around grief, around love, around how we felt in lockdown, if you're, I think if you're honest with people, the majority of them would just say, God, that's shit. And either they know how you feel. Yeah. Or they're lucky enough to not know how you feel, um, you know, and especially like, you know, even losing your mother. I think when you when you go through grief and your brother, of course, when you go through grief, the world divides into two groups of people who either really understand or who luckily for them don't. And it doesn't mean the ones who don't go, they I don't give don't, a shit. They, yeah, that's yeah, the other they don't, thing. Yeah, they will, exactly. You know. And they're still kind mm-hmm. and they say they're sorry. Mm-hmm. Or they say awful things like they're in a better place now. Oh, please don't say that. I know. Yeah, <laughs> the best place is here. Not in pain anymore. It's funny, oh, isn't I know, it? Because I know, like even with like Cecilia and my brother, in a way. And I don't know if you found this with your mom, and it's probably sad to kind of to bring it back up. So uh, no, don't answer if you don't no, want to. But what I found with my brother, and actually I had a friend, Siobhan, who died when she was in her early thirties, and she. She after after a period of time, it was uh, it was horrible. But she was in the bed, and that was where her she existed in yeah. the bed. But like I got to a stage where I was like, I'd fucking have her in the bed if that's where she is now. I'll keep keep her there. Yeah, I'll, I can cope with her just if that's where she is. And the same with my brother. I mean, my brother was on life support for a couple of days, but my mom, I know by her, my mom would have taken him home and had him in the house on the life support just to keep him, yeah. just to have him. Yeah, and. I just found that mad. Do you know that you kind of you're accepting? Look, it's horrible when they're sick and you're looking at people fading, and particularly if there's pain as well. Um, but you, if if that's what they have, you'll kind of go that you'll take that, yeah, won't you? You'd yeah. be like, listen, fuck, even if it means that you know they'll be in the bed for the rest of their life, and it's no fucking life for them, but for you. Oh yeah, yeah. It's well, like, it's just you're. It's I'll not. That. It's not letting go. It's like you do. No. You're tenacious, and whatever. Yeah. It's, Whatever it takes. Now, what made you like want to write a poem rather than an article or a short story? Or I don't know. Like, it literally, just came out when you asked me to do this. I said yes. I was like, then I spent an hour going, "Oh my god, it's going to be a podcast about poetry." And the truth is, like, and I have a degree from across the road in Trinity in English yeah. literature, and my poetry was—it's almost sacrilegious an Irish person to say you're not really into poetry because we have such a tradition of amazing poetry and like yeah. you'll be in the bar in New York and some dick will be quoting Heaney to try and get into your knickers and go yeah 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 listen we've loads of people like you and I'll forget about it but I the truth is and like I said I hands up being embarrassed says I wouldn't I wouldn't read poetry for enjoyment like I wouldn't sit and read Yeats or Kavanagh and but as Irish people were meant to hold on to this and it's a great tradition and mm. there's amazing powerful poems but it wasn't a medium I was drawn to if that makes sense and that's why I think it's amazing about poetry like yours because and of course there's loads of realism in poetry dating back till the year dot but sometimes it's a certain word a certain phrase at the right time and you just nailed that with this book in the last couple of years and it's the realism of it and there are some lines in some of your poems that just just catch you and like you know I have to catch my breath they're so powerful you know, and and yet you use like sometimes it's quite prosaic. Like you use really simple words, mm. but they're so expressive. And I think it's much harder to use simple language well. When I started writing, 
kind of didn't stop and I was writing about all sorts of silly stuff in a way. And I remember sitting in the park because it was on another seven million trip to the fucking park. Oh, and Jesus was Christ. Just looking park. more of these women around like, you know, fucking sweating buckets and sending emails on their phone and getting coffees and blah, blah, blah. So I wrote this about that. Um, and then also I wanted to think about your one Cheryl Sandberg, you know, is that her name? The Facebook, Facebook woman. Yeah. The lean in shit. Yeah. Because that really fucking annoys me. Lean in, fuck off. Like, I remember hearing her, I think it was 2013 or something and I had just had my son. He was a year old and I remember there was, they were all talking about lean in. It was the biggest load of fucking bollocks I've ever heard in my life. So yeah, so she gets a little mention in there as well, but it's not, it's not a love poem. <laughs> so it's called A Woman's Place. A woman's place is in the home, around it and outside it. Lean into work like Cheryl said, the laundry's done. She dried it. Answer phones, review accounts in time to make the tea. Deliver babies, fix broken bones and plaster bloody knees. Drive the bus, cook the food, take the shopping order. Write reviews, read the news, spend girly time with daughters. Teach lessons. Cut and style the hair, give partner strong support, stack the shelves, teach exercise, construct a blanket fort, encourage and enlighten, bake a birthday cake, sign off on that big project, ensure bedtime is eight. Stand up in court and state a case, make coffee in a shop, be home in time for pickup, clean the kitchen with a mop. A woman's place is everywhere. Like God, she's omnipresent. She splits herself in pieces. At times, it's quite unpleasant. Now, there you go. <laughs> I forgot about Cheryl and the lean-in shit. Oh, it's a load of bollocks. It is. Can I read one of your poems? Go on, yeah. It was, it's because we live in this kind of social media era and sometimes you just need something to lift you. And this is one that I shared when all the meditation shit was going around. I don't know how to meditate, Jan, and I've tried. And I've tried with the mantras and the words and all that. And, and I just sit there and, I, and, you know, and either I have stuff to do or my son is coming in and I go, oh, do you know what? I'll just put some music on and cooking dinner and that will be it. Yeah, that's your um, meditation. And then you start, I start to feel guilty and stressed that I can't meditate. And then it's completely counterintuitive. So this little poem I put on, I think I tweeted or put it on Instagram stories about a year ago. It's called Meditation Cake. I tried to, now by the way, apologies if I'm reading this incorrectly as well because right. it's, do you hate people reading your poem that loud? No, I love I when other realize... people read it. It makes me feel real. Oh my God. Okay, well, I'll try and do it justice. Yeah. It's only four lines. I'm sure I can do it without totally fucking up. Meditation cake. I try to meditate today. They say it clears the head. It's not all it's cracked up to be. So I had some cake instead. Yeah. Short and sweet. Yeah. And it summed up some of those days in lockdown where you're told, take time for yourself. That's the other thing driving me mad. It's a bit oh. Cheryl, a bit lean in. Yeah, yeah. And people say to me, do you know what? I think it's, my son is amazing. He's like, it's like, he's more like a middle-aged flatmate really than a child. He's great company and I love him. But there are times that's I would love best. to just be able to go for a walk by myself or do something. Yeah. And I can't. And that's fine. People say, take some time for yourself. Go and get a massage. Go, I'll stop you there. What, like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Go and yeah. get a massage. Yeah, and I'm yeah. working and then I've got the yeah. school pickup. 
And then someone said to me, oh, there's a really lovely yoga class Monday night oh, near listen, you at seven o'clock. Oh. I, said, I can't go at seven in the evening because there's no one else to have yeah. my son. And sometimes people don't realise that and they mean well. It's like, no, it's fine. I'll just, I'll have one drink and music while I'm making dinner and that's my meditation. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's funny because there's an, I wrote a poem. Um, It's not in the book. It's called uh, Lipstick is My Yoga. And it's just like the same bit like you. Uh, you know, people going, you know, would you not try a bit of that yoga there? And I'd be like, fuck off, will you? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, look at me. I'm a fucking rage. And you want me to go and chant and fucking breathe. Like, fuck off. And worst of all, you want me to do it with other people. Like, I don't know about you. I'd just be looking at every, you know, like, what's that? Like, I just can't help them. But look at other people bending over and stuff. It's like, I don't. Not well, I, as you can see, so, I mean, I've just come from a. You did great. I, I came from a <laughs> class and it's the most middle aged thing, Jan, but I may as well lean into it, Gerald. Um, there's a class that's other mums from the school and I'm doing my best to try yeah. and integrate into kind of mumdom. And it's an exercise class in the church all beside the school on a Monday morning, which is today. So, ah. so I'm going to. And you know what? It's it's nice. Yeah, well, that's, it's nice. you know, it is. It's good. I suppose like my thing is that my sometimes like that, my meditation is like a cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, sleep. Uh, oh my God, sleep. You know, a takeout, like not having to cook dinner. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're my little meditative moments. Yeah. And like that, putting on my lipstick and going out, that makes me feel fucking amazing. Yeah. I don't have to go and do an hour of Hatha yoga or whatever it is to feel amazing. I just put a bit of lipstick on and that makes me feel at least 10% better than I did before. Possibly so, 15 Possibly a bit more depends <laughs> if I've managed to brush my hair as well and change my knickers. But like, do or you at know, least turn them inside out. Yeah, get the second <laughs> day. <laughs> no, we don't. no, but you know, I think that's the thing that we've for all the sort of self care wellness like wellness is a word I'm not a fan of no. I, that was terrible because it's a brilliant I'm, I think you're a cynical person like me I'm just deeply cynical and you know, I try like, and find kind of funny and silly in everyday life but I've accepted that I am just not the kind of person who is probably ever going to be able to meditate or get overly now my idea of wellness is because like you I walk everywhere but if I can just walk somewhere nice like down by the sea mm. with a podcast or music mm. for an hour I feel so much better yeah I feel yeah, so much, yeah. and somebody yeah. else might want to go for a five k run. Someone else yeah. might want, but don't do shit because other people say you should. Yeah, it becomes emperor's new clothes. I'm like, oh no, but it's amazing. I've not tried this. You go, I, I did, and I didn't like it yeah. very much. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Well, that's like uh, now. I'll try and find this poem. There's a poem in the book called Six A.M.'s The New Black. Oh, and that actually comes from that. There was a girl on Instagram that I know, a lovely girl, and she is a single parent as well, actually, and has uh, two kids and had had. Now, we'll just flick through it while I'm talking. Why didn't um, we mark the poems in this? Because I, I didn't I know. Just, We're freestyling. I, I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I have a whole thing in there in the iPad. I haven't even looked at it. Um, But anyway, so this was a girl. Now, it's on page 62. This girl... Okay had posted up one day a picture of herself, you know, weeping. And I don't feel comfortable looking at them either. But look, she was having a shit time and it was her way to say I'm having a shit day. And she'd had a shit day. And she was saying, you know, it's not been a good day and blah, 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 and whatever else. And underneath it, she got all of these very well-meaning messages saying, do you know what I do? 
I get up oh. at six. This is what I do to make my day easier. I get up at six and I do this or I do this or I chant or I fucking do this and I fucking do that. And I sent her a message and I said, it's two o'clock. I'm still in my pajamas. Haven't cleaned my teeth. You know what? It's grand. Like tomorrow might be shit. Today is shit. Just say today is shit. And, you know, accept. Not accept. No, I wasn't doing no. that. Oh, say it's no. shit. Accept it. But I was saying, that's a load of bollocks. I'm sorry you're having a shit day. Listen, if it's any consolation, I'm still in my pajamas. I haven't cleaned my teeth. The kids are on screens all day. You're grand. Like we're all the same. Yeah. That's so the that's, kind of message I'd like. So 6 a.m. is the new black. And I get up at 6 a.m. Can I just say? Do you? I don't. Yeah. But I don't do any of that shit. So I wrote this. It's called 6 a.m. is the new black. 6 a.m.'s the new black. Get up early so you can attack the day ahead. Start feeling great before the house gets up at eight. Brew your coffee. Organic black. Do hatha yoga. Stretch out in your back. Knit your own muesli. Sprinkle chai. It'll keep you regular as the day goes by. Watch the sun rise. Be grateful. Give thanks. Hold a 30 minute plank. Most mornings I get up at six to sit in peace and watch Netflix. My biggest thing now to get through any day, and I say to other people who might have insomnia or they've been bereaved or having a very bad day or they've their marriage has ended. And a bit like you've said, when different, I always say, look, I'm really sorry. Like I always have to think that tomorrow might be better. Yeah. And maybe it won't be, but then the next day might be better. Yeah. And once you can hold on to that, mm. no matter what it is. And even like, mm. you know, that time with a new baby, mm. those, that kind of that's a different kind of tiredness as well. And I always say you only ever have to get through one day. Yeah. I think that's really, and even if you don't sleep the next night, you only have to get through one day the next day. You can mm. only get through one day at a time. And I've always found that helpful mm. for, lo- in, for lots of reasons. You don't really have to do an hour of hot yoga to do it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> can you imagine anything worse than doing yoga in a heated room? No. That's just the worst thing. Like things, like, I mean, I've never been to a gym or anything like that. Just, they always seem to play horrible music and things. It's always like, bah, 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 yeah, like horrible music coming out. And just the idea of, I just um, I did I join know. a gym and I joined for a year and I didn't use it yeah so I didn't pay the subscription the year after but yeah that music's an interesting one I'm a bit I'm just I'm also a bit of a I mean I say I'm a prude in, in the way that I just I don't really want sweaty other people too close to me <laughs> like I like I don't do swimming pools do with the kids for the the the, the rooms, the changing rooms, they wreck my oh, head. Like, did you see that episode of Motherland where the swimming, yes, the swimming pool? Yeah, like, that's it's me. So it's like good. I'm there. There's like fucking tampons floating <laughs> and you know bits of plasters and hair and everything. And like I'll put my hand down and, be so, and it's like that was me. I literally was like, ah. Like, yeah, no, there's no like denying like stuff. communal changing rooms are are hell. And I, They're the a hell person honor. who wants to dry between their toes but not have a towel on always comes and <laughs> stands beside me. <laughs> and I don't know why. And, and you know what? The thing is, in my local pool, because I did bring my son, and we went every Sunday, which was fairly... Um, Fairly, it wasn't too crowded, but weekends still tend to be dad time because no matter how many people are working in the house, it still does tend to be yeah mums doing school run and all that. And so dads, and I've noticed that because we just have weekends and a lot of it are dads out. Yeah. So there's a family changing room. So oh, it's yeah. a whole new level of hell because yeah. it's not just other women. Then you have a fella. Drawing, oh, and they're, they're, nice. draw, they're, they're drawing their kids and it's all obviously... There's no nothing dodgy, not dodgy fellas in the family changing ah. rooms. <laughs> but like that, there was a fella drawing his kids' toes and his towel slipped off and I got the full... Oh, 
full moon. I can't help but look like that's of course the other you can't thing. help I don't know but what, look. I really don't want to. And I was like, but that's I'm just like, oh. I'm looking, like, going. It's so weird. You've no hair in your chest, but like you've such a hairy arse. And I didn't need to see this at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> oh gosh. See what I mean? Oversharing. No, listen, you're not. We're no zero judgment here. Another oversharer. You know, actually, the f- I can tell you. See, when I wrote that, um, I um. I'd made uh, <laughs> I'd made meatballs for the kids and my husband for lunch, and um, okay, what? what are you going to overshare about meatballs? No, I'm worried. Here, no, I'm worried. Get to the oversharing. So the meatballs, okay. and my son said to me, uh, "Ma'am, what kind of meat is used in mince and meatballs?" And so yeah, so he was saying, "Is and is it what kind of mince is used? Where does the meat come from?" And Austin said, "It's basically see when you take out the steak and the blah and the blah oh, and the blah. No. So it's all the leftovers is gone into that." And my son said, "Is there a cow's vagina in these meatballs?" <laughs> And I was like, there's no fucking cow's vagina in them meatballs. That's your dinner eating. And if there is, you're eating cow's vagina. I was so furious. I was like, I'm not making dinner for everyone here. And he wants to know if there's cow's vagina in his meatballs. So I've overshared that with you. But I, I spoke to somebody on let's the phone. Let's face it, there is probably a cow's vagina in most meatballs. Yeah, let's, there is. But I recounted but that fine. conversation with someone over the phone who I knew, but maybe not that well. I was like, wait, I tell you what Theo just said to me about his dinner. He wants to know if there's cow's vagina in his meatballs. It was just deathly silence on the other end of the phone. I was like, okay, keep that one to myself. So for now, I shared it with you. And that's where the oversharing and came from. you shared on a podcast. Yeah, no. It's funny, no. one more vagina story with kids. My first, my son has this little train set and there's um, couplings for the for the rails and one yeah. sticks out and one's a hole and that's how oh, you link the yeah, train. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was watching a YouTube thing and someone said, oh, it's a it's a male to male connector, female to female connector. Cause of, and Tom said, why do they call that? I said, well, like, and I'd never thought of it. I'd never. I said, well, I suppose because the one that sticks out looks a bit like a penis and the one that goes in looks a bit like a vagina. He went, oh, right. And the next thing, his friend's over and he goes, can you find a piece in the box? I need the one with two vaginas on it. I love it. And I was like, and his mother was there and I said, look, there is a story. And she said, I don't know. I want to know the story. I just think it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I said, no, but you can just call it female to female. And he goes, but that's why it's called that. I said, I'm just guessing it's why it's called that. So now we have like the double vagina train pieces. It. But you know what? At least both of our sons use the correct word. Yes, that's Isn't true. Isn't that a good thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I never did the... The, all the different. I mean, there's a there's a fucking poem in that what people call their what like there what is. they call their vagina like I know. bloody hell, and I'm still slightly prudish about it. I don't know. There's a kind of and like my parents are pretty liberal. I wasn't raised in a really religious household. Or God, we're covering all sorts in this, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> but I was determined again that I I from with my son all the correct terms will be yeah. used. Any questions will be answered. You know, yeah. on a need to know basis. I'm not going to give him too much information too soon yeah. but I just wanted to try and get it right but I still feel myself kind of going oh no when questions come up like how do I not get this wrong but I think you know this is nothing about being a woman being a mother you're going to get some things wrong you're going to drop some balls yes because there are just too many balls or testicles as we should call them (laughs) (laughs) that's it there's too many testicles to juggle too many testicles something's got to go The poems that I write or that are in the book and the new ones that I write, like the themes kind of cover all sorts. Yeah. Like, as we said, biscuits, wine, <laughs> feeling good, not feeling good, being adequate, oversharing. What kind of themes, if I was to write a poem about you today, oh God, 
God. What kind of themes might I cover? I don't know. I oh, I'm a devil for pulling myself down. And again, like we just said, I think sometimes it's that it's the idea that you'll put yourself down before somebody else can. Um, so I don't know. I'm getting better. It's taken me kind of the guts of forty years to realize that actually nobody else gives a shit. Oh, <laughs> no one else cares. I remember a friend saying to me, "No one actually gives a shit about you." And it's not an arrogant thing. Yeah, like, it's not saying that I think everyone's thinking about me, but it's just if anyone is sitting at home going. Jesus, that might don't do one's pain now. Then they must have not little else to be doing. Mm. So, I think you would write a poem about me that I finally realised that nobody else gives a shit, and that's quite liberating. I'm going to send you a new poem, <gasps> which is called "I Bet You Think This Poem Is About You." <laughs> <laughs> but the premise behind it is there's two ways you can start your or one one way, but you can look at it, you know, and it's basically nobody gives a shit, yeah. and it can be nobody gives a shit or it can be no one gives a shit yeah. so it's like what way are you gonna you know are, are you, you gonna, gonna interpret that? it yeah, yeah it can be positive or, you know you can do the no one cares about me or yeah nobody so I remember a time cares, not so. so long ago and I hadn't I hadn't seen anyone face to face apart from my son for about two weeks I hadn't seen anybody and I was walking into town and I saw someone I knew across the road I was like oh my god there's so and so and then for a second I thought I look a mess I have no makeup on do I really want to stop and talk to you like that <laughs> And you didn't. I did. I kept walking. No. I know. And I thought, then I got home, I was like, I'm never going to do that again. Even if it was only a five minute chat. Yeah. So, isn't that terrible? Do you know what? If you had gone up, you probably would have gone, hi, your head's gone. Oh, don't look at me. I look a fucking Don't look at me. <laughs> My mum passed away just 10 weeks ago now. Yeah. And you sent me that beautiful poem. I won't be able to read it because I'll just be in yeah. floods of tears. Yeah. Always there. Is that what you've called that poem that you wrote? About Cecilia. Oh, uh, that's it, yeah. Do you want me to read that, it? No, I don't want you to no. read it. I'll be in okay. bits. No, do you know what? Will you read it? Yeah, if you have this it is, there. This I is, don't have it here. This is your podcast. So here's me saying don't read it. Okay. Can you read it on that? And you can swipe. It's on your Instagram. Yeah, so I wrote this. <clears throat> it was the... I'll just put it into context for you. We'd spent our last day with Cecilia. Well, the children had and I had. And my son said to me, when will I see her again? And I said, you'll see her in the trees. That's as much as I could say to him because I didn't yeah. know what to fucking say to him. Yeah. When will you, like, you know, what could I say? So I wrote this one. And um, as I said, Austin read it to her. So she, she knew it was written about her and stuff. God, I'll try and hold it together as well. Here we go. When I hug someone, you'll be there. You'll be in the mirror when I brush my hair. Or carefully apply my favourite red lippy. You'll be wrapped in my scarf when the weather gets nippy. I'll see you in the trees when I walk. You'll be in the voices of the kids when they talk. You'll be there while I cut carrots and veg and beside me when I'm feeling on edge. You'll look out the window as I do the dishes. You'll be in the candles when I make birthday wishes. And when I think nobody could possibly care, you'll do something to show me you're not gone. You're right there. It's amazing. Like, and you sent no. me that when uh, in my mum's final weeks, and it was just, <clears throat> oh, it's beautiful. Thanks. Anyway, oh my, that's hope. probably a good way. Yeah, well, to end it. Yeah. Unless, do you want to go for some cow's vagina and pasta? <laughs> Oh, God. 
And there you have it. Everybody is a poem. Thanks, Maya, for being my first amazing guest. And thank you to the team here at the podcast studios for getting me up on this podcast horse. And thank you for listening. See, we're not really strangers, are we? This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.